No Luck Podcast, where you don't need luck to get where you want to go, episode six. I took um, a break, because breaks are good, and now I'm back. Basically, I just got really busy and had no motivation to do this, but I have it back, and we're good. Um, (laughs) Today, I have my homie and my uh, sensei and step daddy no i'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> oh no no he's not my stepdad um kurt bear what up what up how you doing bro i'm good a little tired we we're talking about melatonin earlier and he was like i get it i take melatonin but you taught me something i didn't know that your brain can come dependent can become dependent on it yeah yeah i like to cycle on and off that's crazy yeah. i didn't know that i just thought you just took it and it helped you sleep and there was no harm no foul I think it's like a slippery slope. Like you'd have to keep upping your dosage and before mm-hmm. you know it, you're at like a hundred milligrams and you just fry your brain. I just yeah. eat the gummies. I just chill. Yeah. Okay. Enough about sleep talk. Oh, and I have Luke back. What's up? Luke is Luke is homie. Luke is the homie and Luke is also here. And I I thought it would be a good idea to have Luke because how long have you guys known each other? Ooh. Long time. Eleven years. I believe it. That's a that's a it's a it's a I good while. Two thousand twelve. Yeah. So I figured, why not have someone who knows Kurt more than I do, who's known known Kurt longer than I have, to come on. Mm-hmm. Um. So, depending on what the answer is to this question, depends on where we start. Which one was first for you, music or tattoos? Music. Let's get into music. Cool. Um, I have recently been more educated, but you were in a band called Set It Straight. Yeah. I'm so green to that era of music. Yeah. Like, I want to know. So tell me about your band. Tell me about what you did. Uh, Well, that's sort of like, I think there's been, well, I'm, honestly, I'm not really a part of it now, so there could be like a whole other era now that I'm not really privy to, but... During my quote-unquote career as a punk rock musician here in town, um, there was, like, three big, like, uh, waves, I guess. The first wave was a little bit before my time. That was, like, the late 80s to early 90s. Um, I think I started going to shows in 92, Mm -hmm. I think. I think that's right. 92 or 93. And... That was kind of the end of that era and the beginning of the era that was starting to get really influenced by like fat records bands and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that was when I first started being in bands and that's when I really cut my teeth in it. And and uh, I was in a, a lot of different bands and really just kind of like trying to figure out like how to be in a band, how to like deal with all the different personalities, how to like actually play my instrument, which uh, I played guitar at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and yeah, so that lasted, I would say up until around, uh, sorry, memory's fuzzy, probably like 98, 99. And then I kind of dipped out for a little while. And then in 2003, I started a band with my brother, uh, called till death do us part. And later we shortened it to till death Mm because 
Till Death Do Us Part is just a freaking mouthful and it's <laughs> a little silly. And this is, you know, early 2000s, everything's super dramatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Till Death Do Us Part. We weren't even a straight edge band, but to me it was like a straight edge thing. And script. Every- yeah. Script, oh, yeah. Script logo. Everything was like MS Word it. ghost script. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blood splatters on literally everything. Um, And that band really we tried really really hard to make to make that band go but unfortunately a couple dudes in the band just really couldn't tour and do the things that you need to do to be a real band yeah and so that band sort of more or less morphed into set it straight and we also kind of changed the style up that band was sort of like we called it metalcore but it wasn't metalcore in the way that people think of metalcore now mm-hmm. it was more like if you took metal and hardcore and made it one band, that's what it was. Like that's what metalcore was then. At yeah. least that's what it was to me. And um, so it was like if you took like Seven Seconds of Minor Threat and mixed it with like Iron Maiden and Metallica. Yeah, it was like not the same thing that people call metalcore now. So we ditched the metal and just kept the core, and that's how Set It Straight came. And initially, actually, the band was called X Super Friends X. but uh pretty quickly on we changed the name to set it straight can you talk about because i am so i'm 28 and there's a i feel like there's a gap in music and influences and stuff between both of you guys and my the people who are around my age yeah can you talk about because i hear a lot of like i was listening to set it straight on the way here trying to like gleam some information and kind of like ask questions about certain things but i noticed that uh there's a lot of bands that I hear now in the scene that like sound like that. Would you say that like not sound exactly like your band, but it's same, but different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like can you, genre. Can you talk about like how big your band got or was there, do you, do you feel like um, there's different bands now that kind of pull from influence or do you think that that's just, that's just music? I think it's just music. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, as far as like bands that are going now, like I'm woefully ignorant of the current hardcore scene. I'm mostly when it comes to new bands, just explore metal these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that a lot of the newer hardcore that I hear, I know this is definitely going to make me like stand firmly on like grumpy old man, get off my lawn territory, but it just lacks the energy and drive and passion from when, I was younger that drew drew me into that style in the first place. It just like tattooing and a lot of things, it just feels soulless and formulaic and driven by trend. And that's not really what I got into it for. So I don't really care that much about new hardcore. So I can't really comment on what type of influence newer bands might've taken from that era of music that my band was a part of. Um, I can't say if any band was directly influenced by my band, I doubt it because I don't, think we got really all that big i think we were pretty popular in northern california Mm -hmm. and we had some reach up into like the pacific northwest and into socal and then outside of that it was like eh, we would do a full u.s and canada tour and largely play shows to 14 people i thought you guys had like a cult following in like like japan or somewhere in i think we found out once we broke up that more people liked us than we thought okay but they just came out of the woodwork during the last couple weeks for our last run of shows yeah it wasn't something that we experienced like for the whole life of the band okay i definitely 
left those last couple weeks in the band thinking that we definitely shouldn't be breaking up, but circumstances are what they were and it was a wrap on the band. So I, cause I remember Brendan, like was Brendan sh- pulled up your band and it was some, it was a big show that he was playing and he's like, yeah, that's Kurt on guitar. And I was like, what? And there was, there was a ton of people in the video. Yeah. I think that was probably towards the end. Okay. Yeah. We, we definitely, like I said, I, I don't want to like, be like false humble and say like, no, we sucked. Like I know that we were pretty popular in this area, Yeah, but mm-hmm. we weren't, we were no comeback yet. Let's just put it that way. Sure. Like right. in this area, it felt like we were, but as soon as you get past the Bay area, we were just any other rando band. Yeah. So in this area, I know we had a lot of impact. I don't want to diminish from that. I know a lot of people told us a lot of really beautiful things about what the band meant to them. Yeah. You know, especially like at the end, because we were kind of, breaking up quote unquote in our prime. So people had lots of nice things to say about us. Yeah. Uh, Cause we only did two records and our really? first record is basically our demo, um, which was really funny actually. Uh, so that previous band that I mentioned till death, we played a battle at the bands at wind river casino. Oh, whoa! Yeah. <laughs> and we did not win at all. But what we did win was a random drawing for a thousand free press CDs and so we recorded our first record and used <laughs> that prize to press the CDs. That's sick. But in the meantime, we had also hooked up with Mikey Hood from the band Hoods, and he had a label, West Coast Worldwide Records, mm-hmm. and he wanted to put us out. So we were like, well, we can pay for the pressing, and we already paid for the recording too. So really, if you just put your logo on it, to give us some like street cred and then you distro us like we're Gucci. You don't even right. have yeah, to spend any money. Done. It's an easy sell. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of how that happened. So yeah, we were only a band from 2003 to 2007. Do you, that's cool. I didn't know any of that. Do you, do you like regret not, be, not being in the band anymore? Or do you think that like stuff happened for a reason or, um, well due to my, personal belief structure i don't believe anything happens for a reason so no i but i definitely i definitely i don't want to say regret but i wish the band was together longer yeah let's just put it that way yeah i feel like i had a few more records in me to write that never got written yeah because we stopped Mm -hmm. do you think that you'll ever be you'll ever do music again on that level like you don't want to or don't want to. Yeah. 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 I, I love music. I really want to be in some bands again. I'm working on a record right now. Sick. Um, but, uh, I don't want to tour like that. Like yeah, <laughs> just driving Dude. 22 hours to play for 18 kids and then sleep in a parking lot on the ground with a parking block as your pillow. Like it's, yeah, it's cool to romanticize it because it's in the past, but thinking about doing it now as like a 45 year old man, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll just go to the steakhouse and get a hotel. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, ain't, ain't doing it like that anymore. But I, but that said, the adventure of it, seeing America and Canada for the first time mm-hmm. through the windows of the van, yeah. just the yeah. crazy amount of shenanigans and adventures. And our first real big mega tour was uh, with Broadway calls Sick. and it was their oh, first yeah. ever tour as well. So literally we would show up to places and there would be just the promoter and like his girlfriend there. And we would just like have band practice for each other yeah. in a venue. Um, which worked out really well because we'd play each other songs and goof around. And at a certain point, uh, 
people had to leave tour with Broadway calls and I got to fill in. So that's uh, through the, through the years I got to fill on, on uh, every instrument at Broadway calls. So you, so you played, sick. you played everything on that tour with, or when you filled in, uh, at various times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I played guitar for like two weeks in Broadway calls on that tour. And then later I played a show on drums and I played one show on bass too. That's sick. That's rad. Is there anything you want to, is there anything you want to ask that I might be missing that might be important? Um, no, I mean, that's the one thing I would say is the, there is a lot of fantasizing about it, especially with Brendan mm-hmm. and like the stories of shows back then were great Yeah, because shows back then were great totally. and the scene was amazing. And you know, all of your friends went to shows. That's just what you did there. You know, you'd go to a movie sometimes and shows and that was like our lives. Yeah. And now looking back, that seems like crazy because the shows now are so desolate. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty bananas there. I would say from yeah. like 2002 to 2008. Oh yeah. It was like every show in NorCal had like at least 200 kids mm-hmm. and 170 of those 200 kids were going completely bananas at all times. Yeah. Like that's hard for me to even comprehend. I oh, mean, yeah. we played out in Reno at Luke's mm-hmm. local spot at oh, Fort yeah. Ryland. Fort Ryland, baby. Just, you know, how many people can you fit in one tiny basement? Oh, it yeah. was like we were cr- holding people up against the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. There Just. would be people pressed against the ceiling, pressed mm-hmm. against the walls. The band would be pressed all the way into the back corner. So, like, if I moved one inch to my left, my headstock would bang off the hot water heater. Yeah. And it was just bananas insanity. And that's how it was, like, literally everywhere. Yeah. Like, every basement, every from basements all the way to, like, 800-capacity venues. It was mm-hmm. just front-flipping, pile-up, yeah. ninja-kicking, circle-pit mayhem, like, all the time. It was so much It fun. was amazing. Is that how you guys met? Was the scene or no, no, we met no. through tattooing and it was just yeah. completely random that we both were peripherally a part of the same how, vague. How did you, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to swap out of music now, unless there's anything else that you wanted to add. Um, I mean, we'll probably swap in and out. In and out of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Over, yeah. Like, yeah. Music and tattoos is who I am. So mm-hmm. if, if we're talking with me, I'm going to talk about it probably. That's great. <laughs> I just wanted to jump to like, you were in set it straight doing music yeah and you said you kind of ventured out of that in 2007 is that the what you ba- said the band broke up in 2007 yeah. How, what did you um what did you do like after that and does any of that correlate with how you got into tattooing well basically i so tattooing predates set it straight but not predates me being in bands if that mm-hmm. makes sense i started tattooing in february of 2002 so yeah i think actually it's literally this week um, wow. my, my career is old enough to drink. I officially hit <laughs> 20, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. Which is a cool benchmark. Yeah. You know, like knowing I've been tattooing longer than some of my clients have been alive is kind of tight. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, dude, let's cheers to that, bro. That's yeah. super sick. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oops. Bummer. <laughs> there Cut goes it out. the bush apple cider. <laughs> No, it's right here. <laughs> I don't know what just dropped. Oh, well. I think it's a piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I started 
in music in like 91, 92. Okay. Started tattooing 2002. So yeah, playing music predates tattooing by a solid decade. Okay. And when I started tattooing, uh, well, I scratched like a lot of people at the time did. Um, Can you explain what that is? Uh, it's like kitchen magician. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I've never that heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kitchen magician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I tattooed out of my kitchen. Um, I Kitchen magician. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that for maybe two years. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't count that. I actually think I started in 2000, like late 99, early 2000. Mm-hmm. So I only start when I started at a shop, which is February 2002. Um, I got a job at a shop um, on my first day. Excuse me. Is it tight? <laughs> on my first day, I started tattooing walk-ins straight away. I thought I was going to get an apprenticeship, but I was very wrong. And I was just a tattooer from the jump. Um, I think I did like three tattoos on my very first day on complete strangers that had no idea that I'd never done it before. You You didn't have any type of like... No one taught you anything. No, no. In fact, at that time, they would absolutely refuse to teach me anything because the mentality, and it's probably not wrong, honestly, is that if they taught me and then I left and went somewhere else, then I would be using the knowledge that they gave me to take business away from them. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I actually was taught nothing. Um, So the guy that got me the job, Jason Allen, he's a good friend of mine from the punk scene. He's a rad dude. He's still tattooing. He's awesome. Um. He showed me some stuff, um, but I think there was probably limits to how much he felt like he could show me based on the type of environment that we were in. So I didn't really get taught much other than how to make needles and use the autoclave so that I could make needles for everybody and clean everybody's stuff and clean the whole shop every day. And Mm -hmm. basically I was doing everything that an apprentice would do, except I wasn't being taught anything. Yeah. Um, So I was kind of, you know, shop biatch. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, is what it is. Yeah. So at that time was uh, so set it straight. Started in two thousand, yeah, two thousand, late two thousand two, early two thousand three. So I was basically only tattooing professionally for like six months. Yeah. And oh boy, I got a lot of crap for being in a straight edge band. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. So this is something that like I'm again. I am. And I'm not, I'm green to all this. Like, I know what straight edge is, but why, why, why was there like beef with that? Um, because the other dudes weren't straight edge. Yeah. But it wasn't like, yeah, yeah you can I be- mean, that's the answer. But mm-hmm. it, even the mindsets back then, do you think it was like, like, is it always been that way? Like straight, people who are straight edge against people who aren't straight edge or, um, I wouldn't say against, but I mean, there's definitely a lot of things were a lot different back then. Yeah. It was very much very, more tribal than it is yeah, now. Totally. Yeah. And it was just in tattooing and yeah. in the specific shop I was in, it was just considered like, you know, I was douchey. I was weak. I was all of these things. <laughs> That's because, crazy. Yeah. But I mean, these are dudes that are crushing a 24 pack of warm Budweiser's in the bottom drawer of their roll away every right. day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a different world. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, that, that it was it was really interesting trying to start a tattoo career and start a real band like at effectively the exact same time. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I remember when I wasn't tattooing, which was often because I was low man on the totem pole. There were seven or eight people that worked there, and back then there was no such thing as appointments. It was all walk-ins yeah. and it was all flash off the walls. Mm-hmm. So when the shop would open, and there was only two shops in town. At this that was time, all here, by the way. Yeah, I was in Reading. And uh, so the shop would open at noon, and there would be a line of fifteen or twenty people. That's out, crazy. Out the door. Mm-hmm. And everybody would call their shots like, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that." And if there was anything left over, then I could take it. Um, but there often wasn't anything left over, so I would just sit in my station and either draw or write guitar riffs in my head or write lyrics. And that was pretty much that's how it all wild. Yeah. I, I mean, sorry, sorry, I'm. Like I'm culturally shocked to think of there there being a line at a tattoo shop. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like pretty, I mean, pretty normal yeah. for. I just know. I've never seen that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I I know I'm only 28, but I'm like that's wild to me. That's how it used to be. I mean, what were Let's you bring like? It back. What, <laughs> yeah, seriously. What were you cutting your teeth on though? Just like Flash. like like Jerry stuff or no 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 uh, Cherry Creek <laughs> yeah, yeah baby. It's, Cherry Creek um. It's really hard for me to explain, but when you think of like weird, like biker eighties tats, yeah, I mean, I've Jeremy seen, can I've bring it up right I've now. Seen, yeah, would you? Could you? Could you, you do that? You can actually? Google Cherry Creek Flash, and I would. You'll I see personally it. would love to see that. I mean, I have a great nostalgia for Cherry Creek and similar types of flash, but because uh, I've seen like it wasn't cool. I've seen like seventies no. and eighties flash. That's like grim reaper wizard biker weed stuff like yeah it's mm. kind of like that but not that cool okay yeah. it's more like chrome dolphins and like what like <laughs> tribal sons with sunglasses on it's and, not even I like mean, it's cool now yeah because <laughs> yeah there you go. go yeah holy like, crap I mean, this yeah, there you go. What? Yeah, yeah, this whole that's it. Oh my god, this dude. Is, this is triggering. <laughs> this is what you were tattooing this, this when you 100%. Great, too, I didn't yeah. even draw a custom tattoo for 2 years. Actually, dude, that wizard's pretty like, sick. Look at these. Dude. This is wild. And honestly, it was kind of rare to catch something that big. Most of yeah. it was like if you find the sheets that just have like a million little tiny things on them, like see that little like flower or whatever yeah. that is with the two leaves like yep. that yeah. was it or like i'm 100 percent positive i tattooed that dolphin right there in the middle the with the pink stripe on its eye but did you did you redraw like any of it or was oh, it no 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 it's no. straight by you the just, book yeah you just you, just you literally take it off of the wall and trace it in your station and hang it back up on the wall <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy it's, it's awesome pretty good. no it's awesome but it's <laughs> Dude, but, like all these guys <laughs> i think it's so yeah. awesome but these these some of these designs on this sheet are crazy <laughs> Oh, I just say some with sunglasses. Yeah, <laughs> but, so but good. what's what's actually crazy is now oh now that gosh. I'm looking at this, I've seen people redraw these. Like oh, yeah. I've seen I've yeah. seen thousands of like traditional sheets that, like the worm on the hook. I've seen at least. Well, a lot of this is like a weird like '90s interpretation mm-hmm. of like classic Spalding and Rogers Flash. And yeah, stuff like that. Things go That's, through their various styles this is super, the years. This is super cool, though. I've I've never heard of Cherry Creek Flash before. Oh yeah, dude. That's awesome. Okay, so that's what you were that's what you were making then. Yeah, yeah. And the shop was, if memory serves, thirty bucks an hour. 
And when I started, I was on 30%. And that's even if you were able to snag a customer that day. Exactly. Yeah. So typically I would make like eight to $12 for a tattoo. The first time I made a hundred bucks in a day, I like almost cried. Like I literally just sat down on the couch and was like, I think I'm rich. Dude. Like, I think if I could make a hundred dollars a day, I could probably just retire in like a year. <laughs> like that's like literally <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. But this was, yeah. I like, mean, that's like, it's not, I mean, honestly, like compared to a lot of my peers, like I'm still kind of a young brat. So you know, it makes me feel a little weird to talk about like this is the good old days. It's like early two thousands, you know. Well, yeah. maybe to them, but to people like my age, this stuff is like I've never heard anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, well, to be fair, that shop that I was at was fair. a bit stuck in the past, mm-hmm. so a lot of tattooing yeah. had moved on into big, large scale, really complicated custom work, like the kind of stuff that you'd be more accustomed to seeing now. Yeah, mm-hmm. but because we're in a small town, yeah, and other factors. It was still a really like '80s environment in that shop, which which is actually something I really appreciate now. Yeah, because I can really, uh, you know, find something in common with tattooers that have been tattooing a lot longer than me. Because even though it wasn't during yeah. the same time, it was like the same type of stuff. Like, yeah, not, not just the designs, but like the same types of things happening in the shops and the you know, yeah, yeah, stuff I'd rather not talk about. But sure, yeah. yeah, just complete you know, wall to wall lunacy. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you talk to me about like when I guess you started figuring out your own thing that you wanted, to, like your own style and stuff like that? Like, like I guess you did, you were doing stuff like off the walls and stuff and how did long, how long did you do that until you were like, I kind of want to do some other stuff. I do remember the first time I drew a custom tattoo. I, I was going to say, I remember that. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Um, there's a story for sure. Uh, I'll just say what the design was. It was um, a chrome sacred heart with Play-Doh flames coming out of the top of it. Okay. You don't and have a photo of that, do you? I do have a photo of it, but it's a 35 millimeter paper photograph that's in a box. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to say <laughs> right here. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I was like two year tattooer. Okay. When I did that. And that was like really, really shortly before I ended up leaving that shop. Um, and then the next shop that I was at for a couple years um, was where I sort of just started drawing all the time and trying to draw everything. And that's when, you know, I did what every single tattooer goes through. They, they're they a two-year tattooer. We call it the terrible tattoos. <laughs> you get a big-ass tattooed. You think that you're awesome because your clients tell you you're amazing. Mm-hmm. And you don't have anybody like no elder statesman or nobody with more experience than you telling you that you still suck. Yeah. Yeah. So you get a big ego and I definitely did that as well. And, uh, thought that my drawings were amazing and was just crushing for like two years until I went to my first convention and was like, Oh, I'm awful. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. That was the first convention you'd ever went to then like as a tattooer. Yeah. Okay, and that's okay. What what do you remember what it was or where it was? Um it the so the first one that I attended that really just like blew my mind was um the State of Grace convention. Okay. Yeah. Um when it was still in San Jose. And that, that's when I was like, okay, I have a lot of work, a lot of work. ahead of <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. And I met my friend Thad for the first time 
because we had talked to each other on MySpace. Sick. Yeah, so I went up to him like, hey, man, like, my name's Kurt. I talked to you on MySpace, and I just wanted to say what up. And he was like, wow, you're, like, literally the first person from the internet that introduced themselves to me in real life. Let's be fucking bros. Dang. Yeah. This is Thad Ritchie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, I mean, that, that's crazy. But you guys were coming up at the same time then, right? Yeah, or? he's been tattooing a few years longer than me. Okay. Um. So he said, hey, let's do a split set of flash and i was like oh my, i've never even painted a set of flash before <laughs> I, I don't even know how to paint really i've tried but it's i'm terrible like he's like no no it'll be good so we do this set of flash and everything he did on that set this is 2007 now everything he did on that flash holds up to this day it's so mm-hmm. good really yeah and the best thing i did on that set is only worthy of being vomited on before you light it on fire it was the most embarrassing and the biggest gnarly slap in the face wake up call that I got ever in Super this career was you. doing that split flash with that and being like, oh, my God, this dude's only been tattooing like three years longer than me. And he's 20 years better than me. Mm-hmm. And that that really lit a fire under me to like start traveling more and trying to figure out like because I mean, I had no apprenticeship. Yeah, right? I have no peers in this area. He I had nobody s- to show me the ropes. It was just, and I couldn't leave. This is another thing that I probably ought mm-hmm. to have mentioned. Um, I had a kid. Yeah. And uh, leaving my kid so I could go be a tat guy wasn't my style. So sure. I got, um, you know, more or less, uh, I stayed here. Uh, so, yeah, I just kind of like floundered around for a while because I didn't have anybody to help me. Yeah. So every everything that I know about tattooing, either I've, figured it out myself or I learned through putting myself around people that knew more than me later via traveling with tattooing. I didn't, I mean, even, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's sick, bro. I think that's awesome. Like, I would have rather had an apprenticeship. I'm sure. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like looking at like, cause I, again, I've, I first heard of you in 20, 20- 17 when i moved here because i was following the <laughs> bro i don't i don't you probably don't remember this our first dm ever i was like on i was i was in bssm and i was scrolling and luke i think had moved and wasn't here and i was like well i don't know anyone else here that that the tattoos and then i started seeing all these crazy looking panthers and i was like <laughs> i don't have a panther tattoo that could be cool i'm like i wonder if we can do like one that's not as crazy looking but like normal and it was just like a like a like a jerry redraw or something and then uh there was like the tap page was like uh someone bailed these are three designs i have and one was a panther but i think it had like mushrooms on its tongue or something yeah, yeah. and i was like yeah, yeah. i was like hey bro how much for a for a panther and then you were super nice responded and i was like cool man i think i'm busy today because <laughs> like i had no idea like how much stuff was you know what i mean yeah. like and i and I, all i saw was this and didn't yeah but anyway i think that that's a great story that no one knows so <laughs> well now you know well now you know um i was gonna say what um looking at like where you're at now and not having not not having of had a apprenticeship and stuff like that what about people who are maybe my age younger who are wanting to become tattooers that can't or 
necessarily don't try to get apprenticeships? I would say maybe you should consider a career in the food service industry. <laughs> don't come into tattooing. Yeah. There's way too many tattooers already, and almost all of them aren't good. Yeah. So if you don't have an extreme passion for it and you don't want to do things in a way that's going to give you an education to make you really good, then you're clearly your heart isn't in the right place and you shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. What what if um, I guess more or less like I was trying to use an example of like they can't find someone to give them an apprenticeship. Well, that's tough because my official opinion runs contrary to what I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like the parent like don't do as I did do as, do I, as I say yeah. do as I right. do as I say not as I do yeah as I do yeah because I scratched and I started tattooing and didn't have an apprenticeship yeah. but I would say like maybe more now than ever because the competition is completely insane mm-hmm. that you have to figure out how to get an apprenticeship yeah yeah and if that means you have to leave the city enough. but that's also doesn't really tell the whole story because apprenticeships don't mean the same thing anymore right now there's any myriad of tattooers in this very city that at any given point have two to five apprentices Mm -hmm. and maybe they've only been tattooing three years. Yeah. So they don't even know anything. Yeah. And they just, you know, need the ego stroke or whatever other nefarious reason they might have for having a whole bunch of like 18 year old girls around them at all times. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm just, no, it's called a tiger. Yeah. You know, there's just, what so you can't know what a real apprenticeship is and entails unless you've either been through it or been exposed to it peripherally. I never went through it, but I got exposed peripherally through a lot of my peers having apprentices, talking to a lot of like older tattooers and talking about their thoughts on it. Like really like everything that I would say that I learned on how to apprentice somebody or how to be an apprentice either side of that was learned through my friends and through like their mentors and other people Mm -hmm. as I traveled. And a lot of it I learned also from Jeff, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Houston, who, who used to work with me because he put out a pretty unrivaled string of amazing apprentices. Yeah. Like almost anybody that he's ever apprenticed turned out to be a really great tattooer. That's like on the right side of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what I had learned came together with what he knew. And then that's kind of how like Matt and Eli got apprenticed. And that's why they're both crushing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you talk about, sorry, I'm taking in so much information. Can you talk about how, um, how long you had been tattooing and when you guys met and what that was like? In 2012, I would have been tattooing 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I would have had the shop for five years. I mean, did you just walk walk up in there and you're like... No, 2012 is when I moved here. Wait, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I graduated high school. Yeah. So I moved here in 2012. I'd only been tattooing for about a year at that point. And the shop I started in was uh, not the same situation as Kurt's, but, you know, we're everyone there was pretty much kids trying to tattoo. Yeah. So I, you know, came in, owner saw that I could 
make a tattoo that could make money and that's pretty much it so when i moved here kurt was like bring a portfolio through a wild turn of events uh a friend of ours that used to work at the shop put in a good word for me and kurt was like yeah bring a portfolio which i didn't have at the time can i sign the other beer oh yeah <laughs> be my guest anyway <laughs> anyways um, i'm not cutting that out so i i put together a portfolio of terrible work yeah baby <laughs> and uh what, what was it come to the shop do you remember what was in it yeah like what were you like what were you drawing then was it the Wolverine stuff or no? That was when you. Were, that was when you were. That a kid, was when so I was a kid. <laughs> no, these were tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Um, horribly done traditional. Gotcha. And know, that's what you want to be tattoos. That's what he brought to you then. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember or not, but you took a look at it and you were like, <laughs> "Yeah, I mean, we could throw this away and start over." Yeah, be cool with I think that. I. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I, I was th- like, "Yep." I don't remember exactly what I said, but I think I remember being like, "Yeah, just." Throw it away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it was bad. Why did you? Why did you do that? What? Tell Th- him to throw it away? Yeah, not like in a like. I'm curious. Was it like because you wanted to like reteach him, or was it like? No, no, I I didn't. I wasn't trying to apprentice him. It was just like no. okay, like you're probably gonna learn a lot pretty mm-hmm. fast. You're gonna have an opportunity to do better, and yeah. You know, you can't be showing this to clients anyway. (laughs) They're not going to get tattooed by you, so let's just go ahead and start it over, and and I'll just vouch for you, and then Mm -hmm. you'll just slowly build up your skills. Yeah. So you didn't. So that was pretty much. You didn't apprentice him then, right? No. Okay. Not in like an official sense, but pretty much. I mean, okay. I think you probably learned a lot. Yeah. But come on. But it was. I didn't do. Apprentice things <laughs> to you. Do anything? No, no, I didn't. Like apprentice. So when I came in, basically, in short, you were like, "Let's throw this shit away, and start over." You're not an apprentice. You work here, but I'm gonna monitor what you do. Yeah, what you take in, right. what your drawings look that like, right. how you're drawing, which you did for the first week. <laughs> 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 and then I think I. I took a walk in and it was a skull and I did it and you're like, all right, I think this will work. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Dang. Sorry. I mean, I've, I've so many, like a lot of the time with me, who you are is way more important than what you can do. Yeah. And straight away I was like, all right, this kid's shy, but he's tight. Yeah. So I, w- I want to hang out with this guy every day. Yeah. That's that's more what it's about a lot of the time with me. Well, yeah. And we were we had, you know, mutual friends in the hardcore scene, um, so we had that in common. We had a lot of music stuff in common, right? Yeah. And I think straight away that was like our mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. At first, and then, uh, yeah. What are the apprentice things you do to people then? Oh boy. Uh okay. I said do too, but <laughs> I don't want to go into a lot of detail about it we because it'll make it sound like I'm just being mean for being mean sake and that's the 
perception of what an apprenticeship is. And that's what like people that don't want to do the work of an apprenticeship cite as their proof that it's not necessary because you just have some old guy torturing somebody. Yeah. But believe me, if the person is doing it correctly, every single thing that happens has an actual Mm -hmm. point and reason and it's mindful and thoughtful. Yeah. And it may seem wild and out of control and the person might not understand, but I've never ever talked to somebody that went through those things that didn't come out at the end of it and was like, yeah, that's exactly what I needed. I can do this, 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 this now because I went through those things. Yeah. And it's not like torture. It's just, you know, you yeah. got you got to earn your stripes, and totally. then if you mess up, then you might get humiliated for it. That's, right? Yeah, totally. Well, and it's like, okay, here's an analogy. How many sports movies have you watched? Sports movies? Yeah. Remember the Titans? Yeah, like ten. Rudy, you know. Or how many the, friends did you know that played sports? The in rookie high with Dennis Quaid. Oh, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like how many friends? In high school and like early college, yeah, went to football practice, went through hell week, yeah, were treated Spring like training garbage. Is horrible, yeah, like three a day training, yeah. like going through hell, throwing up, being dehydrated, but they were getting better at football, yeah, totally. And no one bats an eye. At, that's like how you get good at football, yeah. So you, uh, that's a great analogy. That makes sense. You look at like someone going through it to learn how to tattoo. Yeah, it's like. Well, it's there's also, a reason they're trying to make you not come back. Yeah. Because if you're going to leave, you're going to leave. And it's like, with me, I think you were like, when can you move here? And I was like, three weeks. You're like, make it two. I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I sold everything I owned and moved to Reading. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away too much of how the sausage is made on this stuff, but don't, I don't, would say don't that... Um, <laughs> You know, it's <laughs> um, sausage. You want to create tattooers that are unflappable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want them to be confident. You want them to be calm, collected, and control. And you want them to have the the utmost confidence that there isn't anything that could happen to them at any point before, during, or after a tattoo that's going to have them shook. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason why some apprenticeships can be a little rough sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you're building somebody that can withstand the insanity of this industry. Yeah. However, I think the notion might be getting a tad antiquated as the industry completely loses its teeth thanks to social media. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was going to say, it's like contrary to what most people think, tattooing isn't all about artwork. Mm-hmm. Like if you can draw, that doesn't mean you can tattoo. If you can make a tattoo, that doesn't make you a tattooer. There's a huge part of the industry that involves dealing with the public. Totally. And what yeah. can happen with the madness of everything that can come with that. And these days I just think that like everybody feels entitled to everything in every industry, but our industry is no different. Mm-hmm. And they feel like because they saw something on the internet that tattooing owes it to them to be a part of it. Yeah. And in the past that meant you would get tattooed. Yeah. But now it means I need to be a tattooer. Yeah. Yeah. And so the market is flooded with 
people that don't know how to tattoo teaching other people that don't know how to tattoo and mm-hmm. then everybody's slow but nobody goes out of business because it's pretty cheap to conduct business in the city yeah and and in a lot of small cities around the world so mm-hmm. i i was on uh tiktok the other day and i showed luke this video of this oh, chick geez. this chick that's like uh tattooing a scorpion it's not good like it doesn't look good and she's offering an online apprenticeship program for x amount of dollars a month right and she's like you pull this line and you whip here and you blah 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 and then i looked in this like tattooer who obviously knows what he's doing like his stuff looks really good he's been tattooing for a couple years maybe more and he said you're the reason why there's no mystery left in our craft yeah i mean i think that can be true in some cases for sure um I don't think it's any secret to anybody that knows me that in the parlance of the times, I am pro gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, Jeremy and I always say cheers, bring, bring back gatekeeping all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, that's part of my salty old guy sticker pack right alongside my complaint about me on Yelp sticker. Oh yeah. Dude, um, I'm, I'm salty old guy. Then <laughs> I love gatekeeping. I just think that, I don't know. It's hard. Cause it's gatekeeping in the sense of like what you've, Think of it when you think of the term, like, of course, it's not good. You want to be inclusive. Yeah. You want anybody that has the moxie to do something to be able to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is you get a whole bunch of people involved that have no moxie. Right. They just feel like they want to do it for a minute. It's just no different than if they decided they wanted to be a wedding photographer for two years or whatever. Like, it's just people bouncing around careers. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, we were in a really weird place in tattooing where there's a feedback loop with social media and these people and the clients on, well, really a lot of subjects, but uh, on like what actually is a cool tattoo. Mm -hmm. Or a well-made Yeah, all of these things. Well, I don't even think that any of them, including the tattooers that are doing the tattoos, have any idea what a well-made tattoo looks no. like. Mm-hmm. So Definitely all it not. really has to do with is is what, uh, how cool it is. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. you get like this really bad feedback loop of really inexperienced tattooers pushing a very rudimentary, not well-drawn and even worse executed style of tattoos on people, but because they use either their body, male or female, um, goofy, trendy, videos and all the lip syncing and all the various random things that people use to sell these tattoos so that then the clients think that they're cool Mm -hmm. and then the clients come get the tattoos and tell the tattooers that they're super cool and they're super good and then that reinforces them to have an even bigger ego and keep churning it out Mm -hmm. and so it's just like round and round and round we go yeah followers yeah yeah and then because of the way that social media rewards people that abuse the system in that way and punishes people that just make like one post every few days from the good tattoo that they want to show yeah, and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's a, uh, it's very interesting. We're in a, we're in a bit of a, a lull industry wide right now Yeah, where certain types of tattooers who I'm not going to say have no business because they definitely, if they, if they step on the other side of that line and get on the right side of things, they have every right to be a part of it a hundred percent because I really am, inclusive i want everybody that wants this for reals to be able to do it yeah but i just feel like most of them don't and you know obviously that's just my opinion and i'm a salty old man so it is what it is but i super like aside from that from tattooing i respect that mindset because i feel like 
I, I know that tattooing and photography are very different, but there's aspects of it that are a little bit similar in terms of right. like learning your own stuff. And yeah, any creative field is going to have a lot of overlap when it yeah. comes to those types of things. Like I was, mm-hmm. we were talking, I was talking to Luke the other day and I was like, seeing that ad of that chick being like, I'm selling an apprenticeship for 300 bucks a month. You can tattoo anywhere, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Hey, I have developed a step-by-step program to teach you how to get the film look on digital photos. It's like to shoot film. Right. Like why even go through, you know, or, or that's a bad example. Like it's not a bad example though, because the people that do those types of tattoos, it's no different than buying some lame influencers, Lightroom preset. Pack. Dude, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't know how to use Photoshop and edit a photo. So you just one click batch edit right. in Lightroom because some dork on YouTube sold you his thing. Yeah. And that's exactly what tattooers are doing. Here's mm-hmm. the douchey tattooer starter kit. It comes with TikTok, Insta yeah. Reels, right. single <laughs> line, weird, weirdly placed torso black tats. Like it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, sorry. It's like everyone, <laughs> everyone, that was specific. I, I really, yeah. Well, I, everyone watched the place because beyond that's, the pines too much. Yeah. Sorry, that was funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I no, but it's like, <laughs> at the, at this, it's like at the same time, it's like, bro, like people are taking these these like horrible film presets and they're not adjusting anything, right. so they're going on like an overexposed or underexposed photo and they're like slap export bam look at this heater it's like bro the greens look brown yeah like, the highlights are just as blown out as those <laughs> tight three lines they're putting on some poor girl's ribs this was a great segue into photography Dude, yeah same yeah this is awesome i love this and you're also into photography yeah yeah, yeah. how'd you get into the landscape photography um i've been backpacking since i was a kid and i've always First, I used to take film photos with my mom's old 35 millimeter. Yeah. And then once I got a phone that could take photos, it was like a weird, like Nokia flip phone. <laughs> I was taking like 12K photos, <laughs> like, like little icons. Um, and when I say icons, I don't mean like <laughs> icons of landscape photography. I mean yeah. like icon sized files. Yeah. Yeah, long story short, I just was sick of through either like hiking and backpacking or tattooing and various other like vacation travels and stuff, going to all these like beautiful locations and just taking photos with my cell phone of like crazy weather conditions and amazing locations. Mm -hmm. So I just decided to do what I did with everything else, music tattooing and teach myself photography. And, you know, lo and behold, I've started doing landscape photography as much as I possibly could. And right then and there, all of the killer conditions dried up and yeah. everywhere I go is blue skies and boring. And <laughs> that's like kind of how it works. We, we have a, so in the shop there, we, you kind of get in a rut of like what everyone's favorite albums are that everyone in the shop can listen to and be into. Yeah. And one of those albums is, uh, electric light orchestra yep mr blue sky and it makes me crazy and now every time it comes on i think about how many times i take trips (laughs) all over the freaking southwest trying to 
take cool photos with interesting weather conditions and just get greeted by Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky. Over and over and over and over. <laughs> what was that? It was some, some meme that we were talking about where it's like the the sun when you walk out of the grocery store oh, or yeah. the sky and it's always something crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're like on your way to pick up your kid or. Yeah, yeah. totally. And then it's get like. get home to get to this meeting or yeah. this thing and the sunset's just. Yeah, it's the sky in the Walmart parking lot versus yeah, exactly. the sky yeah, in, in yeah. scenic locations. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just impossibly saturated, <laughs> gnarly, textured fire, 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 fire anytime you're at the Arco. And then you like spend all this time and money and take time off work and hike eight miles out into the middle of nowhere to shoot some crazy arch. And for three days, it's blue skies. Blue sky. So, yeah, I basically started doing landscape as a way to, like, decompress from tattooing because I was tattooing, like, 80 hours a week. Yeah. <sighs> well, it was, it was like, I mean, for most people, I remember when COVID hit and we had that, like, four and a half month break. When we opened the shop again, you and I both came back like, holy crap, that was amazing amazing <laughs> yeah that was the best I four months of i my had adult no life. idea how bad i needed that and that yeah. actually is really common i've talked to a lot of oh, people yeah. uh, and a lot of the tattoo podcasts that i listen to people have talked about it a lot because tattooers typically are such insane workaholics and you're so critical about your own work and you're just so like intense 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 and mm -hmm. there's also a bit of a trope in tattooing like if you don't do tattooing like every moment that you're awake that you're not a real tattooer and you don't really love it and so most of us just are like okay i'm gonna work 60 to 80 hours a week mm -hmm. i'm gonna draw every second that i'm at home i'm gonna talk about tattooing all the time it's just like relentless but you can't keep up that pace without burning out so yeah. everybody does at a certain point and i did too um and luckily i had jeff to kind of talk me through that because he had a pretty big burnout as well and he took like six months off of tattooing i believe mm -hmm. um this is a long time ago um but i i was hitting a burnout spot and uh and i was booked for a while and i didn't want to cancel anybody's appointment but i also didn't want to not give them my best yeah and so he kind of like talked me off the ledge of like rescheduling everybody and taking a few weeks off mm -hmm. and so i started feeling really good about tattooing again but then the lockdown hit um and i was forced to kind of like take a knee for a while and i was just like oh my god i had no idea how badly i needed that so when we came back out of COVID, i was like i'm only working four days a week yeah same i'm <laughs> definitely spending at least one day a week to only do something that feeds my soul specifically like and nothing else i'm not doing anything for anybody i'm not going to work i'm not gonna hang out with my family i'm literally just gonna do something just for me one day a week every single week and that lasted maybe like three weeks and then i found out we were gonna have another baby so yeah that was yeah. gone instantly but you know the sentiment was nice um but yeah uh that balance is something that i now really 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 value and i didn't have it for the longest longest time so um so yeah, photography filled that gap and allowed me to get out of the shop and into nature, mm -hmm. most importantly alone, Yeah, spending long amounts of time. I really came to love the desert because there's just nothingness. So I just sit there and watch light gradually move across rocks and it's 
probably soul-crushingly boring for most people, but I find it incredibly cathartic, and it's yeah. like almost when I'm at my happiest. Yeah. I I, I was just going to say, that's one thing that is crazy to me, like knowing you for, what was it, 2012 to 2020, and how just obsessed you were with being at work tattooing as early to as late as you could for that many years. First one there, last one to leave. Yeah. Six every, days a week. Every day. Forever. For years and years and years. And then not knowing how much of an introvert you actually were. Right. And like, <laughs> that's one thing most people probably don't know about Kurt is how he is the biggest introvert I think I know that's and have ever met. wild to me, yeah. So like, when he's like, you know, being away from the family, being away from friends, it's like, no, that is 100% what fills him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, he went that's my battery recharging years. so that I can be social in all other aspects. Yeah. Yeah. And just the amount of years you went without getting that. I didn't crazy. even really know I needed it because even when right. I backpack and stuff, it was always with people. Mm-hmm. I, I never backpacked alone until like a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody I was, was like, aren't you scared of bears? And don't you think you're going to fall off a cliff? And I'm like, if I do, I do. Like, right. <laughs> I, I do at my best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, I, I struggle really hard with burnout. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. Like, I, I mean, I, listening to you just say that helped me realize that some things I probably need to work out. But I'm like, it's not the same because I'm not a tattooer, but like, something that i have loved forever is video mm-hmm. it's my job now and i i'm not gonna say i i don't hate it i really love it but i mean when you when you're working with cameras seven days a week i'm like dude i need something else totally to like keep me like hungry to do that and like I started, I started painting just for me, you know what I mean? Not doing it as a means to like get anywhere with tattooing, but it's just for me. And the thing that sucks about that is like, and I, I, and I feel like both of you are like this. It's like when you get new hobbies, you like fully submerge into them. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like that. And I, it's, that's happened to me in the last like two, two years. I think like if I pick up golf, I'm buying everything for golf. If I pick up yeah, games, ask my wife about my clubs yeah. <laughs> and how many times I've used them. Like I got a PlayStation. I bought all the games that all my friends are playing. Like, uh, you know, if it's, it's not airsoft, but if I get into airsoft, I'm buying everything. But with painting, it's like I bought everything and it's expensive. And like arches is not cheap. And anyway, it's like I started doing that like as a means to like it's new and i'm not good at it so i'm like constantly learning and it like i haven't i think two nights ago was the first time i played playstation since october because i've been painting every night since october Uh and i'm like i'm getting better but it's like now i'm to the point where it's like oh man i'm getting kind of kind of tired of this like not not tired of doing it but as much as i'm doing it so i guess like which is funny because remember what i told you yeah (laughs) yeah you're like dude don't don't get don't do too much i'm like hey bro just take your time yeah (laughs) and it it turned into like 
I well, well re- when I knew it was a problem was when I was I was starting designs at like two or three and finishing mm-hmm. at midnight. Mm-hmm. I would do I did that for like a month straight, and they're all they're all ass, you know what I mean? But it's like some of them I was like, mm, like that's not bad. And then I talked to Luke one day and I was like, I think tonight I'm just gonna like do the lines for it, and then in a couple of days I'll go back and shading, a couple more days go back, you know what I mean? Whatever. So I think like I'm trying to figure out trying to find that uh life-giving hobby i think you know for you it was photography it's like i don't think you need to look for the life-giving hobby because you're never going to find it you're just going to chase your tail on that what you need to do because photography just like found me i didn't find it yeah it's Mm -hmm. just about trying to do the work to look inside and figure out what it is that gives you that peace and catharsis and then you can find something that aligns with that and that will be your thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about photography. I love about tattooing. I love about music. Mm-hmm. I love about all the things that I'm really passionate about. You can never actually master them. Yeah. yeah. And even if you never get really well, or really, if you get really well at well. speaking the English, <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you do them really well and you get really good, uh, then, and you get like, let's say you get famous for it or whatever then you could just flip it up and change your style and you're starting all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I really liked about all the different various like main either like profession or hobbies that I've done is like, uh, you'll just never master them. And I always compare myself to the best in the world. I have no interest in comparing myself to, you know, people that are in my same position, beginners or whatever. Um, you know, with tattooers, I've, compare myself to the best tattooers in the yeah. world photographers it's like i'm going to these photography conventions and you know <laughs> i'm just like looking at this stuff and i'm like okay i need okay that's where i need to be like i'm not just gonna look at like a cool photo i made and pat right. myself on the back yeah. yeah which you have one coming up like yeah, next month a f- few weeks yeah. yeah that's so funny to me bro like it's funny that you're like like i think you're an insane tattooer i'm not just saying that i actually think that but then like you're like crushing this area and then you're going to like a photography convention. Like that's great. Like to me, I would never expect you being that into like that into it. Like, I think that that's really sick. Yeah. And, I think most people don't know how into it I am because yeah. I just do it for me. Right, yeah, exactly. And that's, and like, I'm not trying to market it. Like yeah, if, I, totally. if I start trying to sell prints eventually and stuff like that, then maybe more people will be like, Oh, I didn't know he does photography. But yeah. In the meantime, I'm just like, yeah, it's just me. Sitting out there in the, me out here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on some sandstone cliff somewhere. Maybe I get into bird watching. Dude, yeah, maybe. birds are tight. Okay. What is the your favorite bird is the oh, osprey. Osprey, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got a big one tattooed on my thigh. Yeah. What birds uh are super tight. Can you uh, but they're I'm, not real. I'm wait, really? Birds aren't real. Bro. Oh, I thought you meant ospreys. Like, no, they just project them across the top of the flat Earth dome. Yeah, yeah. I that actually brings me to a, a great a great segue. I just watched the Truman Show for the first time. That's tight. Oh yeah. And when you said that, I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I remember that everything there was. Yeah, that was a movie that um, on the last we talked about this the last podcast I had with Luke Manwaring. He right. asked me. What's a movie that you're like embarrassed to say you that you haven't seen? And for a while, 
it was a couple other ones, but recently it was like, yeah, I'm pretty embarrassed I haven't seen the Truman Show because that movie rules. And where did you find that movie? To watch yeah, it? so Luke actually <laughs> used to live at the house that I moved in last year at Bob's Mountain. He lived at Bob's, and there was this weird little, it's not weird, it's a normal thing. It's like a case that you'd stack movies in. And we moved this entertainment center and it just came with us to this new house that Jake and I live in now. And I was like, what is that? And I just opened it up one day and it's like, <laughs> there's all these like oddly <laughs> specific, like really niche movies like Truman Show. There's there's one that's like Air Bud. It's like <laughs> there's one that's like it's th- it's a, that's a deep cut. It's a, yeah. it's a there's one movie that's a three pack. And it's got like Talladega Nights, Step oh, yeah. Brothers, and I think it's Grown Ups or something in it. Yeah. And then there's like it's all the Harry like, Potters. Yeah. All the Harry Potters, all the Twilights. And then there's three folders of there's three folders of like old film photos. And I was looking and I was like, Who's this short, chubby kid? And I was like, Oh, that's Luke. <laughs> and it's all no, his that stuff. might have been my brother. It might have been your brother, yeah. <laughs> um and I I like it. Was looking through this and I was like, the Truman Show's in there. How to Train Your Dragon One and Two is in there. That's right. And I picked up the Truman Show and I was like, I love Jim Carrey. I love old movies and I watched it and it blew my mind. Yeah. Yep. It it literally it actually blew my mind and I love I love new that, future. That movies. film is saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know? I don't know if I told you this before. One of two almost careers I had before I got into graphic design and then tattooing by extension. I wanted to actually be a filmmaker when I was younger, and I made a few little short films. I think we talked about that yeah. once. Yeah, the uh, well, it was like the toxic. Yeah, so waste. I made so so zombie apocalypse is one of my favorite genres, but yeah. unfortunately, it's been done to death into oblivion now. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, bummer. But, uh, but I made I made a zombie film. Well, it's about forty five minutes, so I don't know if you can count that as a film, but it's a short. Excuse me. Also, it was shot on high videotape. Sick. <laughs> so, it was sick. Uh, I saw it. Yeah, it was called uh, <laughs> Revenge of the Reanimated Dead, Part 1, Zombies O'Groton. Okay. <laughs> really rolls off the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Uh, I made a Star Wars fan film called Urban Jedi. Um, that, was, that was a good one. I never saw that one. Yeah. You never showed me that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I played an evil Sith Lord called Darth Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, um, I want to see that. That was um, great. Yeah, made made a whole bunch of little shorts and stuff back in the day. And yeah, I, I was pretty serious. I, I really was like, I, I think I'm going to be a filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, and then I picked up a guitar and yeah. that was a wrap on that. Game yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to be a film. I still want to work in film some I, I would know. love to circle back and do it Dude, at another point in my it's life. It's crazy that you know. We like, could make a film right now. Whoa, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. I mean, it's. Close your eyes. It's, <laughs> it's super weird that you know, like, people who, like, work in film and, like, have equipment and also, like, like that stuff. It's really weird. I feel like, and I don't mean this in any. It's gonna sound pretentious and asinine. No, I'm I'll just say I just I feel like they won't I've get lived it. a few different lifetimes in my life because I've had so many different things that I've pushed like really hard into for a period of years 
So, like, I also wanted to be a pro bowler at one point. <laughs> I was oh, wondering yeah. why you had a bowling pin tattoo. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I started bowling, did the thing I do with everything, got really psycho about it. You buy, like, a really expensive custom bowler? No, I bought, like, five. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I was bowling about a year, and I had got my average up uh my league average up to uh like 224 i think or something like that okay and i was talking with one of the guys down there and he's like how long have you been bowling and i was like oh like 10 months or so he's like you should probably just get a trainer and go pro and so i started really thinking about it and uh yeah again like <laughs> that that was a little bit before i started tattooing yeah so music and tattooing derailed a lot of my earlier life plans but i was like right on the verge a few times of doing something else mm-hmm. i mean bowling's tired bowling is fun yeah well my brain then too he's like i mean you know you get good enough to be on the amateur circuit you could be pulling down like 35 37,000 a year <laughs> and i'm like dude that sounds awesome like, dang let's do it it's like how much i make a year now like no i'm just <laughs> joking sort of um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah awkward for sure um i want to talk about keep talking about movies yeah can you give me like your top five i ask everyone on the on the podcast okay uh star wars episode five star wars episode four star wars episode three Rogue One. Oh, you mean outside of Star Wars? I was gonna say, do you like Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Star. I'm a little obsessed with Star Wars. Yeah. Um, hmm. Top five. Wow, that's tough. Anytime anybody top fives me, I don't know if I, I can do it do because it. I have such an intense passion for so many you things. But, yeah. Oh, that's even worse. You'd have to pick a. a okay, I'll just say movies that I really like. Uh, Evil Dead Two. Okay. was a really really big one for a long time um the big lebowski yeah which oh, yeah. seems maybe a bit played out now to most people it's pretty obvious but i mean when that movie came out i watched it relentlessly in the theater mm-hmm. um boy my uh 45 year old man brain has a really hard time with instant recall stuff but if <laughs> but if you prompt me i'll keep i'll keep ripping uh <laughs> i mean okay so evil dead is horror right that's considered horror i would say well evil dead 2 i would say is almost like horror comedy yeah but, uh, for sure and then big lebowski's comedy yeah what probably. about action uh action i mean i'm a rickio Ricky, <laughs> yeah, Riccio is amazing. Have you seen Riccio? Uh-huh. Ooh, bro, we'll have a night. Yeah, um, yeah, action movies. I really was into all the stuff that you would expect someone of my age group, like Rambo, Commando, Predator, mm-hmm. True Lies. Predator like ribs, yeah. like oh, Arnold yeah. was like my guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Jingle all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Put the cookie down. <laughs> now. <laughs> this is really a bomb. This is a sick world. This is a sick world. Sick people. Um, YouTube Barnaby Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the 90s action stuff I love. Like everything that would come to your mind when you hear 80s and 90s action. Yeah. 100%. Um, I have one. I have, oof. Whoa. Oh, that just happened there. There it Uh-oh. is. 
I wanted to, I, I feel like you, we've talked about like Enneagram stuff and you yeah. and I are both kind of the same. We're, our numbers are the same, but they're on the opposite but ends. Flipped, yeah. Mm. yeah. Have you watched her? Yes, I did. What do you think about that movie? So I saw it in the theater once when it came out and I haven't seen it since. So I might not remember everything, okay. but I remember coming out of the theater, uh, wiping tears out of my eyes. Dude literally yeah yeah it's jeremy and i one of our favorite movies and like we talk about how much it makes it makes us cry when we watch it dude i just i and all my friends make fun of me because i love that movie so much but i take things like i mean spike jones Mm -hmm. like the guy who was shooting skate photos and skate videos made that right that's unreal man and like the DP who shot that, his name is, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but Hoyte Van Hoytema, who also did Tenet, Interstellar. Um, he's like a ton of Nolan movies. Yeah, tied to Nolan. Like yeah. he's mm. insane at what he does. Like he shot that. And then, of course, Joaquin Phoenix. And that movie's in my top five for life. And yeah. all my friends make fun of me because they're like, it's weird. And I'm like, dude, it's a sci-fi romance yeah it's really good like i have never i mean maybe fifth element you know what i mean but i would say that that's let i would say that her is probably more sci-fi con, con, considering that scarlett johansson's character is not actually like a real person right i mean there's a lot of films that are like that though i mean like ex machina ex machina definitely yeah. comes to mind as yeah it's like a more recent one i mm-hmm. haven't seen that one. Oh, bro. Oh, wait isn't ex machina it's alex garland Alex, Gar- Alex, Alex Garland. Yeah. He did Men. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. That's why I haven't watched it, dude. Yeah. It is nothing don't like judge men. it off of Men because no. I'm hoping it's not anything like Men. It's not. It's amazing. Men was a tough watch. Men was. A it was tough. tough yeah. Tough I. Watch. I it's cool. There was it's parts cool. of it that I liked, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't want to get canceled by saying I didn't like the message because I certainly understand where I it's understood, coming from, yeah, but right. also it was just like, okay, we yeah. get, okay, it. We get, get it. it. And yeah. also, if this plot line was reversed, it would be like he would get it. he would have got canceled. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. come on, man. There's crazy, sure. crazy people of all making models. So I just yeah. like there's a few. I'm not really talking about the last half, but like. There's parts of the movie that like I was really like, ooh, I feel kind of like scary watching this. Like when uh the naked dudes in the is in the middle of the, the field. field. Like oh, that's yeah. creepy. The first half of the movie is so much better than the second half. Oh, Same. Yeah. And Absolutely. the scores, dude, I love the scores of yeah. that, in that movie. Like I have that um I have that, what do you call it? Like that album saved on my Spotify. Mm-hmm. And there was one time I was at someone's birthday party and I was DJing and <laughs> for some reason I had, I queued up like a playlist that I have and the, Oh, 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 oh it came and I got chills, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean the, the best part of that movie is in the main trailer where she's staring down the tunnel and that's, yep. that's the sound. Yep. Like getting chills from music like that's i love that feeling what about his other film in between those two annihilation oh dude did i watch annihilation if you have to ask you didn't see it because you wouldn't remember natalie portman hold on let me look real quick the shimmer so it's based on i listened to the soundtrack first book of a trilogy that i read that the book is 
amazing. I remember you. And the film is also really good, Mm -hmm. but it's really different. That's the soundtrack that you listen to at the shop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it does the same thing with the audio cues. It's like a. Yeah. And you're just like, Whoa, yeah. that does not feel good to hear that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, I, I watched a whole YouTube video on the notes they chose, and mm-hmm. specifically, like, they did all these studies on like how they make somebody feel when they hear them in a certain order. And I'm like, yeah. dude, it totally works because the yeah. dudes that scored that film, they like made a soundtrack that is legitimately unsettling. Mm-hmm. And from start to finish, that movie is it was that the book was nearly unfilmable and i could see why it took a long time for them to do it mm-hmm. um but the unrelenting nature of the existential dread that just builds up as it goes on like if you like that kind of thing yeah like if you like it's not a scary movie but at the end of it you're you like oh, i hope i don't break all my yeah. teeth because i'm you clenching my jaw yeah, yeah it's I'm going to watch that one. And the ending it's is very, very, very bizarre and super different than the book, mm-hmm. um, but still like pretty cool. And it's, it's a good one. I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. I think we tried to start it once or I tried. That's to, not a weed I, movie. I don't think that's like a yeah. watch it by yourself and completely lock in on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Were, yeah. Although I guess I feel that way about most films. I think that's what happened. And was I it, was like, yo, we, you need to watch this. It was a group thing. And I think, Jake was probably like, what is this? Or something. And it was like, all right, we're not going to be able to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. I. Okay. So I was trying to ask you your top five and we talked about action. There's two more. Um, What about. Any dramas? Yeah. I like a lot of drama. Uh, what comes to mind though? This see, this is the bad thing. I, I'm I'm really bad at instant recall. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't used to be, but I am becoming an old man, so it does happen. Well, maybe maybe I should rephrase the question and ask you like, what are your like five favorite movies you've watched recently? Does that help? It doesn't at all? really matter how you phrase it. If you ask me to instant recall things out of my brain, <laughs> it's not going to happen. If we talk about something, I could go on about it forever. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you want to jump in and ask that I might just be totally spacing on? Mm. No, I mean that I feel like the best way is to like talk about category of worlds like Star Wars. Yeah. You know. Right, yeah. If you get me started, if you push me down a path, I can talk for hours mm-hmm. on it. Or like, but na- I have a hard time of, uh, thinking of what to directors. Yeah, or names of right, like, okay, actors. Fair enough. I did have a question just pop up that has nothing to do with movies, though. Sure. <laughs> can you talk to me about what respect the magic means? Yeah. Um. So I first saw it when I first guest spotted at Jeff's shop. He had it painted on the front of his shop. And I was like, ooh, that's tight if that means what I think it means. But for context, so for I talked, people... I, I'm getting there. Okay. Bro. <laughs> Great. I was just going to say where I saw you. Let me weave a tail. <laughs> Spin it. Yeah, really, I think, to me, what it means is it's very specific to tattooing, although I've since, I would say, gifted it to other people. Like, I tattooed it on my wife. She's not a tattooer. Um, yeah, Luke has it. I have it. Um, it's 
it's something that in tattooing we say because there is definitely a magic to tattooing a hundred percent there's mm-hmm. uh intangible unquantifiable thing that you just feel when you walk in to a certain type of tattoo shop and talk to certain types of tattooers and you go to certain types of conventions and all these things and you can't explain what that is because it is intangible but there is a magic to it and that extends to the business side of it as well so when we put respect the magic on our paintings or tattoo it on ourselves or like in my case and Jeff's case like put it on the front of your tattoo shop mm-hmm. it's more like you know this question directed at Luke like when has tattooing ever let you down like you could be sitting on your hands all day you're broke mm-hmm. and just when your cell phone's about to get shut off eight walk-ins will come yep. in you'll do the tattoos go to AT&T pay your bill and you're good yeah and that's the magic of tattooing taking care of you yeah. i don't literally think it's a real actual supernatural force i want to be clear but it's just like a it's, it's just something. like a romanticized feeling that we talk about where tattooing will always take care of you if you give it the proper respect and reverence that it deserves. Yeah. yeah. And that's I think why we get so hyphy about this new crop that that, that doesn't even have any idea what that could mean. Yeah. Right? Because they have no interest in even getting tattooed. Right. It's more about them and feeding their ego and social media and social media clout and all of these things than it has to do with the art form itself and the magic of of the industry itself and all of these things. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, Long story short, that's kind of like what respect the magic means, at least in in my words. If you ask Jeff or Luke, it's going to mean something a little bit different. But what's it mean to you? That's like the magic of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it sounds pretentious no i don't think it does but it but it, yeah it's it, pretty exclusive it I really mean, is there, what it is there is it's just you know one plus one is two that's like people who put in the work are going to experience what it can give back to you exactly and the people that don't give it the respect it deserves aren't going to experience that and that's like as cut and dry as it can get really yeah i mean ultimately you can't you can't explain it in the sense that you can't explain why water's wet yeah <laughs> it just is yeah. well it's also like with the wind like you can see the effects and you can feel the effects but you actually can't see wind whoa wow <laughs> <laughs> No, Sorry, I just jumped off a of Luke on that one. It's, uh, it's true. Like, hey man, I, 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 I can't I stand by explain what I said. it other than that. I mean, I have other certain beliefs that I like to attribute to of being taken care of, but it's just. You but that can't still deny fits it. in that box because oh, yeah. and for me, there could just does. be a different external source that brings those walk-ins into exactly. the magic of tattooing. Exactly. It, yeah, it's all magic to me. Like. It's insane. I like that. Every That's every cool. time I've needed, you know, it's been busy, been slow, doesn't matter. The tattooing has always taken care of me the last 13 years. And yeah, it will. Well, it's almost like a trust building thing. Like you can trust this industry that you've given so much to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's cool, man. Yeah, xenomorphs, dude. Ooh, that's hella cool, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of like as I or as we kind of wrap, I usually ask people like I've done it the last three or four times, like if my I have my guests on, if they want to ask me anything, and nothing's off limits, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll uh, yeah, nothing's off limits. I'm not afraid. Um, and I'll answer truthfully. Okay. Um, truth or dare. Truth or dare. <laughs> Drink your own pee. No, I, I was just kidding. It's just a joke. I mean, hmm. survival situation. Yeah, bro. Bear yeah. Grylls does it. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. He also sleeps in hotel rooms. That's that a couple weeks of life surviving on your own uh, fluids. Didn't they? They caught him cheating there, right? Like he would put himself in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 yeah but sure. it's still good TV. Yeah, it's great TV. Yeah, I caught him cheating. About. Actually, <laughs> did you really? Yeah, because. Uh, we were on tour with Set It Straight, and we were supposed to be. Where were we playing? I don't remember. Somewhere in Oregon, and you told me for this a long time once ago. we decided to get a hotel instead of just sleeping on the ground outside of the van, and we stopped at this hotel, and asked for availability, and they said no. The entire hotel's booked, and we're like, "There's no cars here, and there's like, eighty rooms. What What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Uh." We can't say, but we're booked. So being young, enterprising lads that we were, we started asking every single person. And yeah, long story short, uh, they were filming an episode of what, Man vs. Wild or whatever his show was. Yeah, I think. And, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, so that's where they were. all the crew was there. And uh, we were like, is he there? And the dude's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. got, him, there. got him yeah. <laughs> dang yeah that was like probably like 2004 and it was some somewhere in oregon i can't remember exactly where there's like that's crazy that's awesome though i yeah. love that Thank okay you, man. <laughs> okay i got a question for you yep so i've been on a bit of a soapbox being a hater about young kids coming into tattooing and i really don't want to make it seem like you know they're not allowed to tattoo um because they are yeah but i just have an idealized view of what i think tattooing can be and uh, because i am so passionate about it and i love it so much Mm -hmm. i feel like everybody needs to be on my level which is obviously like that's my problem yeah (laughs) um but there when i first started tattooing there was two shops in town maybe three but for sure two and now there's like almost 40. So my question for you is when you moved here outside of knowing Luke potentially already and things like that, what is it that made you come into my shop versus all the other shops? Yeah. Because there is definitely an incredible amount of choice in this very small town. Yeah. That's a cool question. I like how, uh, I like that. Um, I and think, I, I, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, I want to be clear. I'm not asking you this so that you can like jerk me off. Or no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I, no, I'm not. I'm I just like, that. because I love and care about it so much, I want to hear from like a client's perspective. Yeah, totally. Like, what is it that you, you know, what did you perceive when you came in? What did you feel about it? Like, what is it that sold you on it versus all the other choices that you yeah, could have made? I think, um, well, number one, it wasn't my first tattoo. And I've been to other tattoo shops before, but the other tattoo shops 
even those were not like Iron Mountain. Um, I think, I mean, my first tattoo was on a hotel room. Like, so I think anything outside of that is better. But I think. Depends on who did that tattoo. In that not, hotel so, room. not someone who is, <laughs> in my opinion, some, not someone that's amazing at what they do. But um, I think that it felt like a tattoo shop. Like I walked in and I don't know, like people, people say things like going into tattoo shops are intimidating and they can be, and they are sometimes like, it's not intimidating for me to walk into iron mountain. Now it was back then. Cause I didn't know anyone. And I think like, I don't, th- I think Luke, my first time in iron mountain, I think Luke was in town. Uh, he had driven into town from Reno and I didn't know anyone. And I walked in and was just like, where's Luke? Where's Luke? Where's Luke? But while I was in there, I saw, I was looking at the walls and stuff. And I was like, dude, this is like a legit tattoo shop. Like it's clean. Like, uh, everyone I was greeted upon coming in. I think, I think it was Eli maybe, or I don't know if, yeah, it was Eli or Matt and really nice. Like did not treat me like I was some square, like, was really personable with me and I was just like, Hey, I'm just like looking for Luke and like, Oh, he's right there. Like just stuff like that. Like I didn't feel belittled cause I wasn't mm-hmm. sleeved up or anything. Like, I don't know. It just felt really professional. I think is cool. the, the simplest way I could put it. Um, and then I think after coming in so much, it was like, Oh, I became like friends with everyone and I've been tattooed by everyone at that shop. I think except Aaron, um, but uh yeah everyone has been really nice and i think like i don't know like i i think that people in my demographic they either get it or they don't mm-hmm. when it comes to like tattooing and ta- or not tattooing but tattoos like right. they either get the good stuff like the good stuff or they don't and it's like if someone doesn't like what i like there's nothing that i can do to get them to come to where I go to get that stuff. You know what I mean? Like I've had friends like one, like, uh, one of my friends, um, he was like, I want to get a traditional tattoo. Where should I go? And I was like, you got to go to iron mountain. Even if it's not traditional, you have to go there. And what's funny is his friend went to some, went somewhere else. And when he was there, um, he's, it was just like a really bad experience for him. Like, like the people were really rude to him and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I would have put up with that, especially if it's somewhere where you go and you spend money and you're putting this on you forever. It's like, I want to be friends with the people who are doing this, you know? And totally, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Yeah, totally. We try to, you know, I'm okay with things being a little bit intimidating or scary for people because that's part of that magic of tattooing. But I feel that that just, is the part of it that gets presented for like just a split second. I want everybody that comes in to feel like they discovered something that other people don't know about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's that feeling that you get when you like buy a random record in the record store because the cover art is cool. And then you get it home and listen to it and you're like, Oh my God, this band actually rules and nobody knows about it. Mm -hmm. Like even though as the business owner, I want everybody to know about the shop obviously, but at the same time I want the feeling that people get to be that they are on the inside of something and they're on like this other side of this line now with something. Yeah. And then they're like part of our family Mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. And, uh, 
you know, we don't always get there and sometimes, you know, people just come in once and that's totally cool too. But yeah, we definitely try to create the type of environment where like our clients are our friends and not just the person that tattoos them. Like right. they're like when you come in and especially once you start getting like multiple tattoos, excuse me, from one person, everybody in the shop becomes your friend. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced that. I think like what, what the first time it really stuck out to me was when you guys opened up the new shop and, and you had the shop party and I showed up and I was like, like there was all my friends who get tattooed. And then there was like 30 or 40 people who I've never seen before. Yeah. And, but some of them are like legendary tattooers. And I, I don't remember the guy's name. Actually, no, one of them was Jeff. So I like was mm-hmm. really intimidated by Jeff. Like <laughs> Jeff is like really scary looking to me. Like, Jeff's like me times a thousand in the sense that he's like way even gruffer exterior than me, but mm-hmm. even way softer interior than me. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, I just remember like I was, I think I was talking to you and someone else and I like Jeff and I like made eye contact and I was like, Oh, I gotta say hi. I was like, Hey man, what's up? He's like, Hey. And then I said something like I was lifting my shirt up, showing my stomach tattoo. And Jeff's like, that's cute. And he pulls his shirt up and it's just like, <laughs> like his entire stomach is done. And I was just like, I feel so stupid right now. Like just, but then like all my friends who have like, we like uh like Taylor and Zach and Preston, all these people who've got like one or two like chest stomach tattoos. We're all like have our shirts off in front of the fireplace, looking tough. And there's some dude outside who's like from his the top of his head to his butt is covered with like a huge like Japanese piece. And I'm like, guys, we look kind of stupid right now. Like, nah, not really. But it's like <laughs> it's like everyone is in different like uh er- everyone has different history with it you know what i mean and, totally. and after sitting after like talking to some of the people i was like this guy told me his name and i don't remember his name but i looked him up and i was like whoa this guy is really talented and like but just had a normal conversation with him and talked about music and like movies and all these things that i really like and um like this guy who's also crushing it and his influence, like in his sphere of influence, loves the same things that I do. It's like that's pretty sick that like I can go to a place and talk to people who are really good, but they're also good hangs. I think that's the thing about the top of the pyramid of tattooing in general. Almost all of the absolute best tattooers in the world don't really care that they're that good. Yeah, yeah. They, they're it. Everything they they do that for themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to present a certain aesthetic to yeah. everybody because they know they're good. Their peers know they're good. I've always said the respect of my peers is worth a billion times more than the adoration of my clientele. Like mm-hmm. no disrespect to clients listening to this. Cause I love you, but oh yeah, uh, I don't do it so that people that don't tattoo can tell me how good I am. Yeah. And so that's how like everybody at the, tippy top of this industry is and so when you get a bunch of those people together like honestly we never talk tattooing yeah mm-hmm. talk about fishing and yeah. football and metal and yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what we do to get us out of the shop so that we can continue to love tattooing yeah yeah <laughs> and that's what i always found super disarming about all of it was like i mean i feel like photographers more or less like like I've been in rooms with really talented photographers who do talk about themselves a lot and they'll pull up Instagram, like, look at this heater I took. And I've never, 
I mean, never have sat with someone who's a good tattooer and been like, look at this sweet back piece I did. Or like, look how good this looks. You know what I mean? It's like, Most tattooers are going to be more like, look at this rare record I found. Yeah. Or like, look at this sick new Star Wars Black Series action figure that's coming out next wave. (laughs) Yeah. Like, look at this cool house plant I cultivated. Yeah. It's got Venus flytraps. How much time were you on? uh, What's that app you go on? Oh, freaking. Oh, he showed me today. Yeah. (laughs) How long were you on Whatnot last year? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I. That's this other side of the line that I'm talking about, though. Yeah. yeah. Then there's a then there's like another whole different world of tattooing, which I'm not saying one's better than the other, but it's ego driven, mm-hmm. and it's you know there's a certain aesthetic to yeah. the tattoos, and mm-hmm. it's 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 trend based, it's social media based, it's follower based, popularity based. Yeah, awards, awards, yeah. awards. That's prestige. Yada yada, yada yada yada. One thing that I thought was so funny, and I don't think this is as you're saying this, but when I was at the convention, that was the first convention I ever went to. Mm-hmm. Was the one at Wind River, which was super fun. But you guys were just chilling. Like I was like, surely like they can't, not not care, but it's like if it's a convention in your home turf, part of me is like, wouldn't you guys like show up and like this is this back piece I did. This is this. And it's like, you guys are just walking around just like, what's up, bro? No, 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 no. We, so, (laughs) so for one, I'm a co-organizer of that convention. And so anybody that's involved with me or my shop is instantly DQ'd from being in the competitions anyway, because there's so many people that take them so seriously that if anybody that is part of my crew one, then they would freak out about nepotism and all that. Mm-hmm. And none of us care about competitions anyway. So nobody yeah. bothers to enter. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that to me, tattoo conventions are an opportunity for a whole bunch of like-minded people to get together and hang out. Yeah. People that you don't get to see very often, except mm-hmm. to conventions, all these things. And so it's not about showing out to clients and judges and other tattooers and putting your best foot forward and all those things. It's about, you know, having a great time laughing all day long yep. and then going out to Jack's for a steak afterwards oh, yeah. And, yeah. and all of those things. It's about the connections with your friends and your clients, because that's another awesome thing is usually it's like a 50, 50 mix of like these crusher world famous tattooers and all of the clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at some of these other people that I've been subtly hating on the entire time Again, i'm not trying to be a jerk about it but i'm just really passionate about the yeah. side of the line that i'm on yeah they're not hanging out with their clients Mm-mm. they're just not like yeah. it's just it's it's the clients are you know there's a reason why on that tv show they call them meat right or human canvas or whatever yeah, exactly. it's like they have like no value no meaning I at all like, i don't even think they introduce their clients names on the shows. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I would assume not. I don't watch them, but it's They're just. Like, he wants a skull. She wants a dragon. I want the skull. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a different relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we do this because we love the art form and the trade and the magic and all the things that come with that, like building coil machines, mixing pigment, mm-hmm. making needles painting your own flash, doing all these things that you do with your hands that are part of this like magical trade. And a lot of that 
really boils down to the same types of skills that a cabinet maker or mm-hmm. somebody else, you know, some other tradesman might have. And so all that translates into making a good product for your customer and giving them a good experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not about my ego. If it was, I would probably be doing a lot different and wilder tattoos than people see me do. Mm-hmm. Um, because my own personal interests have gotten super niche. So if it were just me, I'd be doing super wild stuff all the time, but it's not. And I'm okay with that because I want people to get the tattoo that they want. But we also have another saying in tattooing, everybody gets the tattoo they deserve. So, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but if you accidentally end up at a shop where the person doesn't respect you, then you're going to get disrespected. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, that was basically what happened to my friend who went to a different spot. It was like upside down, like printed straight from the internet, no changes on stuff. And right. I was Just like, trace it on the iPad. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, that's slap it on with the dildo rotaries. And I'm like, bro, that's, that's on you forever, bro. Like, sorry. Ro- rotisserie device. Rotisserie device. Yeah. I don't even really, to my sensibility, consider a lot of those types of quote-unquote tattoo artists to be tattoo artists or tattooers as i like to say um i've taken to calling them tattoo application technicians <laughs> yeah i mean there's there's someone that puts together mcdonald's burgers and there's someone that makes the steaks at jack's yeah, yeah. they're different they're on different ends of the spectrum. Of yeah. And it's not that food. one's better than the other either. I want to be clear. Like, I don't think I'm better than no, other people. Just, I'm just more invested maybe, but you know, there's a place for McDonald's. Oh yeah. I love McDonald's. I like McDonald's. I haven't had it in maybe a while a little too much because <laughs> I can't eat it anymore <laughs> by choice. But yeah, I think my favorite is when people eat McDonald's and they're like, dang, I want to have a Jack steak. And then they never go back to McDonald's. I mean, that was boy. Me. I got issues with McDonald's. I gotta say, that's fair. It's it's a it's a trigger food for me. I could I could seamlessly go back and forth between Jackson and McDonald's, no problem. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean, have. I was I was Mc- meaning in a <laughs> McDonald's for me is literally an addiction. And me too. I it's am... serious instant endorphin. Oh yeah. like they yeah. have the best Coke too. Like, it's just childhood. Yeah, various things that would get well, into a deeper conversation yeah. than we're probably we, ready we for at the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we both started making money at a younger age, like more money than we knew what to deal with. Yeah, and McDonald's was a birthday present as a kid, three times a day, seven days a week. Yeah, once I started making my own money. Yeah. That's what oh, I mean. yeah. yeah. I kind of want to go to McDonald's after this. You guys have got me. It is. It's an addiction. Like, people are like, oh, man, was quitting watching porn hard for you? I'm like, mm, no. But putting down the but double McDonald's quarter pounder. <laughs> my, I can still tell you my order of McDonald's. What is it? Double quarter pounder with cheese, Big Mac, two McDoubles, and it'd be gone by the time I got home. Oh my god, man. <laughs> Double quarter pounder with cheese, no pickle, no onion, large fry, large Coke, ice cream cone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right, baby. But I can also tell you my Jack's order. 16 ounce filet, medium rare, blue cheese, baked potato. Absolutely. Mine was, uh, my, my, <laughs> Mac, my McDonald's was two McDoubles, 10 piece nugget, large fry, large Coke. 
which yeah, is see, we all got one. problems, guys. Yeah, Amen. and then you take there, your should, there should be like McTherapy for us. McTherapy, <laughs> dude, <laughs> bro. Um, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out. We've talked yeah, about this for, for a, a hot minute. Yeah. Um, I wish this podcast was longer, and I wish people's attention span was longer because <laughs> I have a lot more things I want to talk about. But well, we'll just do a part two later. Let's on do, I would part two, maybe part two. <laughs> Um, we didn't even talk about my undying love for metal. I know that's true. <laughs> it got all over the place. Do you have any? Um, are there some handles you want to shout out? People can see your stuff. Yeah, I would say you should watch more Star Wars, and then next time we have a podcast, um, we'll talk Star Wars. I'm sorry, I meant handles. Oh, I heard you. That was my answer. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Sick. You want me to watch more Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, duh. Oh, I've yeah. seen Star Wars. Oh, oh god. Actually, no. Nah, I, I, okay, I wouldn't be able to. Uh, uh, Kurt Bear is my personal Iron Mountain tattoo. Is the shop page. Um, the address is twenty one thirty six Market Street. We're on the south end of Market, uh, across from Pasta Prano and next door to where Harriet Music used to be. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. And I don't really use any other thing, so that's it. No MySpace. Mm, if they're i mean our <laughs> old myspace page is still up i don't think so then no i don't use it okay that's great come to the shop and get a tat oh and if you want to look at my photography it's at kurt bear as well but put a dot in between them kurt dot bear heck yeah all right um oh luke thanks for coming to hang out hey i almost forgot about you yeah holland oats Holland Oats. McDonald's. Mac. Why do you? Everyone makes fun of me for saying it like the Whack Arnold's. <laughs> McDonald's. McDonald's. Okay. Um, that was episode six. Thanks for hanging out. Kevin got a job. <laughs> and we'll see you on the next one. Uh,